Hello out there and welcome to Coasters and Culture with Rex and the Beast. This is the place where Rex and the Beast talk about theme parks, talk about culture, and anything else we really want to talk about. It's good to be back on the air with you. On the line with me is the one and the only, my partner in crime, my brother, my bro, Rex, in Denver, Colorado. How are we doing, my friend? I am rocking and rolling, Beast. I am ready to talk. We have started a few Twitter shout outs and we're thinking of Halloween Horror Nights. We are thinking about Universal Studios. We're thinking about Galaxy's Edge. It is a good 30 to 60 days in the Rex and the Beast universe right now. The bear has come out of hibernation. It's time for Rex and the Beast to kind of take over things once again. We're excited about getting to Orlando. We have got a trip unlike any trip maybe we have ever taken. So many things going on, so much to talk about. It's just exciting. It's an exciting time of year. I mean, candy corn is starting to show up in the stores. And for me, it doesn't get any better than that. So what about what about there? When does the Halloween stuff start coming out in, in Denver? You know, we uh, we probably don't start rolling out the Halloween stuff until uh, we get into mid-September, honestly. But I can tell you this, the stores, um, the little, you know, the little pop-up stores, the Spirit and the other stores, they are getting earlier and earlier each year. We have yeah. one right near our house in a shopping center, and it put up its sign two or three weeks ago. Um, and I don't know when it's going to actually open, but it's obviously going to be extremely early, which is, you know, I got to say, I love going in there. I, the kids love going in there. This will probably be the first year that my youngest ones aren't scared to death to walk through it. Um, and it, it they just always have so much kind of cool stuff. Even if some of it is sort of cheese ball, I still love checking it out. Yeah, me too. And right here in Frankfort, Kentucky, which is a, it's the capital of Kentucky, but it's still a fairly smart town. But there was a sign went up today that Halloween City, which I've never heard before, but it's basically like a spirit, is going into one of the storefronts right next to our Lowe's. And so everybody is flipping out. We don't have to drive to Louisville or Lexington to go to one of the Halloween stores. So, yeah, we're getting it right here in Frankfurt as well. So magic is in the air. Hey, what well, we're hey, going to do today. We, before, oh, please, hey, go hey, ahead. Beast, beast, beast. Yeah. Before we leave that, something I've been meaning to ask you, and we haven't talked about this offline at all, is – is in Kentucky, is there the same push here in Colorado? We have had a huge push this year um, to change Halloween from the 31st to the closest Saturday to the 31st. Has this happened back there? Have you heard about this? No, I've not heard that one, but what I have experienced in Kentucky, maybe this is just everywhere, is the past couple of years, if Halloween it seems as if like if it doesn't fall on a good day, I don't even know what that means. Or if like it's going to be raining or something, they will cancel Halloween and push it to another day. And I'm like, that. What does that even mean? I mean, I I, I have a major problem with that, as you can probably imagine. But what do you think? I mean, is that is that fine? Is that okay with you? Um, well, you know, not not particularly. I mean, I understand the idea of it. Uh, I mean, last year, Halloween was on a weeknight, as it is again this year. And that's sort of a pain for the kids to go out that want to, especially the somewhat older kids that want to trick or treat or be out very, you know, kind of later than they would be on a school night normally. Um, but it just seems a little bizarre because, I mean, we're not just talking about saying, okay, for the kids, we're going to push trick or treating to the Saturday. There literally is in Colorado, a movement, a huge movement to change the holiday to the Saturday before Halloween. If it's on a Wednesday and if it's on a Thursday 
to change it to the Saturday after. No, it's it's yeah. just it's ridiculous because the thirty first is Halloween. I mean, there's so much tied up into that date. You, you, you can't just move it. It's like saying yeah. it's like I saying mean, December twenty fifth is no longer Christmas. I mean, let's just find another day for it. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's looking at it more like some of the the holidays that are not tied to a date, but are tied to like there's so many holidays. That, you know, I mean, we've uh, got Easter that's always a Sunday. Uh, you know, and we got Thanksgiving that's always the third Thursday. Doesn't matter what what day of the week I it is. You know, it's that, like but a, you can't retro it. It it Halloween is the 31st. I mean, it, yeah. it, I mean, it, I agree with you. It seems all bizarre, Hallows but, Eve, you know, November 1st is all Hallows Day and not everything else. So, uh, you know, you got yeah. all those issues. Anyway, but, I, mean, well, we, I just didn't know if it, but what about, I didn't know if anything was going up, on You there. know, I mean, you just, you just got to trick or treat. I mean, around here, it's like, as soon as the sun goes down, everybody starts freaking out. Like, well, it's too dark to trick or treat. And I'm like, man, when oh, I was really? eight years old, we were trick or treating when we were, it was midnight. You know, I mean, <laughs> what's going on around here these days? Um, and like schools, like the day of Halloween, you know, it would just be one big candy fest and a lot, a lot has changed probably for the better, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> but it, All right. Well, anyway, anyway, let's get on to it. I just wondered about that. So. Okay. Right or wrong. Here's what we do. We're going to um, make a statement. We're going to just say a statement and then Rex and I have to say right or wrong and we cannot bail out. We can't say, well, maybe, or oh, I'm kind of in the middle. We have to say right or wrong and then explain our answer. Then it'll kind of get us into dialogue. So here's the right or wrong segment. Is she right? We're back there partying, putting headbands on, doing drugs. Good answer. Good answer. That's the way you think. Halloween Horror Nights 29, Rex and the Beast has been going every year since Halloween Horror Nights 13, which means this is going to be our 17th, 17th. event. 17th event. It's just unbelievable. Here's the statement. Halloween Horror Nights continues to get better. Right or wrong? I would say right on that. I'm saying right too. Okay. So why, why is it right? Well, here, here's the reason it's right, and there is, of course, a lot of nuances in how that question could have been phrased that I could have I could have said wrong, uh, but the way it was phrased, I think the answer is clearly right. Is if you look at from the time that we first went to an HHN in uh, 2003, HHN 13, every year, if we plotted it on a graph, there might be a slight downtick, a slight uptick, a slight, you know, movement here and there. But the graph line, once you did the line through those points, is clearly a straight up left to right, which is a growth line, mean better every year. Mm -hmm. And that is what we are under. It is it, it is getting better and continues to get better. Um, the piece that really makes me feel that as much as any is 17 straight years. And I am as excited for this year as I have ever been for any year. And I really felt that way last year. And I feel like that I feel that way every year. That is an amazing achievement by Universal to be able to roll out a platform of houses and scare zones and concepts to where we we feel that way every year. I mean, I think in the 17 years, we could probably, as I mentioned with the graph, find one or two moments that meh, we weren't quite as excited for that one as the one before. 
but it was a, it's a huge outlier, huge outlier. And I, I am excited after 17 of these, I am as excited or after 16, I'm as excited for this one as I've ever been for any. You know, there are elements from the past where you can kind of pinpoint and you say, man, I miss that. And I miss that. And those were really neat things that we were able to do. For example, I, you know, I don't want to speak in hyperbole here, but I feel like me and you were like one of the first two people that recognized that you could go eat at whatever the heck the name of the Irish place is and stay in security. Yeah. I mean, man, we would do that and nobody would be in there. And it, it was kind of our little thing, you know, like we would go eat and wait for the stay and scream and come out and go and nobody's there. Uh, I, I kind of miss that because now it's just a big mess. You don't even want to try. It's just, it's just too many people. Uh, you know, the photo that you posted today, like there's no one at Islands of Adventure. Uh, when we did 13, we're the only ones in there. Uh, so some of those elements, yeah, maybe we miss but I'm totally with you. When you go from 13 to 29 and you look at the big picture, it, it, it is definitely rising in terms of its quality. The houses are just unreal. There's no way to describe the detail, uh, the excellence that goes into these houses unless you go through them. No, they're not like a typical 35-minute house that you have in a local haunt, but the detail is truly like a movie set and, and, you, and you just have to experience it just for that alone. That's gone up. Uh, you and I first kind of lamented a little bit the idea of IPs connecting to Halloween Horror Nights because it used to be all original houses. But even that has kind of grown on me. So I'm excited this year to check out Ghostbusters. I'm excited to check out Killer Clowns, even the Stranger Things house. I'm excited. Uh, so for me, I'm with you, man. I am more excited. I mean, listen to these houses. Stranger Things, Jordan Pills Us, Universal Classic Monsters, Ghostbusters, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Depths of Fear, Graveyard Games, Nighting Tales Blood Pit, and Yeti Terror on the Yukon. Are you kidding me? I mean, and all for the low, low price of $600. No, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's not even, it, you know, if you don't get the Express Passes, it's still not horrible. Now, if you get the Express Pass, you're, you're spending some money on this stuff. But it's 10 haunted houses, and that doesn't even include the scare zone so, and the shows, if, if you're into that kind of thing. So anyway, I, I, I just love it. I just, I, and, it's, and what's exciting is like, what are they going to do next year? Like it's the, thir- it's the 30th event, yeah. right? 30th yep. year. Yeah. So what's that going to be like? Wow. Yeah. And, and, and again, the, uh, the, just the way the event has grown, it's been a positive and a negative. Of course, the negative is what you just said. It's a complete nightmare uh, on the uh, stay and scream. It's, it's a nightmare to get started. The lines are out of control. Um, I don't remember the first couple of years, but for the past 10 years, anyway, we've never gone without express passes. We just can't do it. We're not doing it. We're not one of the locals who can go multiple times. We're there for one, uh, one weekend or one week at the most. And so we have to make the most of our time. Um, and so we haven't really had a trouble, but these last couple of years, even the express pass, you know, 20, 30 minutes sometimes on the that's big right. houses. Yeah. And that's just amazing. But you think back, HHN 13 had six houses, you know, six. Yeah. And we, yeah. we've got 10 now. We're almost uh, double. You know? yeah. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, the difference between six and 10 is fairly substantial to say the yeah. least. Yeah. Um, and, it's just it's just amazing. It's just amazing how it has grown. And as you say, we can pick and choose. Yeah, there were some things. Uh, you know, when we go through it, if we picked our favorite anything, they're not all going to be from the last two years. Right. Um, our favorite houses are going to be from all over. Our favorite scare zones are going to be from all over, you know, and all of that. 
but that doesn't mean the overall is not up because it is. No, I'm absolutely right. And the express pass is a great way to, to, to judge that. I mean, when back in the day, man, we would just walk straight in. I mean, there were, we, I, it was literally a 10 second deal. And of course now we're this year, we're doing the VIP thing, right? Or are we? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we are. We've got the RIP tour um, on uh, Thursday the 13th. Um, is that right? The 13th? Is that no, right? the 12th. That doesn't the 12th. Right. No, the 12th. Thursday the 12th. So anybody, uh, by the way, that's out there doing an RIP tour on Thursday the 12th, be sure to let us know. Um, and, you know, I'm excited for it. And, and we've always wanted to do it. We've never done it. So this is really exciting. But I have to admit, one of the reasons we're doing it is because even with the Express Pass, the, the price difference is not crazy different. Right. And in this case, you get to go straight to the front. You don't even have to wait in the Express. And we're, we've got so much packed into this trip, that extra few hours you know, we may save over the two nights by doing it this way. Um, we got things to do with that time. You know, the only thing I, I don't want to harp on the VIP or the RIP tour, but the only thing I'm a little bit concerned about, and you tell me if you think that I, that I can just put these concerns to the side, and that is, do you think the RIP tour guide is going to be Mr. Cheeseball? You know what I mean? Like, man, this is our 17th year doing this. We we really don't need the junk. You know, you you don't need to try to sell us the event. Just get us to the houses and that's good enough for us. That, you know? That's true. That's true. But that's the classic thing, right? Is they have to, I guess, if they're really good, they see who their audience is when they see who the tour group is, right? Because it could very well be that half our group or more is, because uh, it's not like this is just me and you, you know, we're in a group and the the group. What? This isn't just us? Oh, well, forget it then. Yeah, yeah shut her down, man. Um, <laughs> is, <laughs> is, if it's their first time or something, you know, they may play that up. But if it's, you know, if, if it ends up being me and you and, you know, and Seth and Andy and, you know, a few of the people that have been there every year since they were old enough to go, then, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to know who you're dealing with. We, we don't want to hear the stuff, but. I am more, I believe it's more likely that it will go the other way and there'll be just sort of, I mean, it will be the first, I th- the first second week of uh, the RIP tours. So they probably won't be too exhausted yet about it. Uh, I'm thinking if you do this like the third week of October, I mean, they're just going to be like, oh God, there's the house go. You know, I mean, <laughs> they, they don't care. They're, they're going to be so beat, but maybe that won't be true yet. You yeah, know? I don't, I don't, yeah, I sort of doubt it. Sort of doubt it. But, you know, I mean, anytime I just think about this stuff, I think about the, uh, what was it? The Hard Rock Vault when we went into the, the Hard Rock the Vault. Hard if, rock you need, vault. If, you, if, if you feel the need to, to cry, just <laughs> go ahead. Take a moment. We understand. You, you go right ahead. That was and the most over the top thing. That was, thing that was I one of the moments. You, you and I look at each other yeah. and we're like, Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering if we're going to be giving each other the look because you and I have done that a few times over the years. May very well. We may have to text Seth to come and save us. By the way, we never get through a podcast without talking about Seth at some point. Yeah. I mean, you know, why not? I mean, uh, you know, the guy guy, uh, gives us more, uh, you know, more laughs on the old theme park side than anything. Uh, We have a blast hanging out and talking about Seth. We like Seth. So, Seth, if you're listening, we appreciate the laughs, man. Second statement. Here we go, right or wrong. Today was the Haunted Mansion's 50th anniversary, 5 
in, in Disneyland. Did this receive, or I'm sorry, no, let me tell you, this, this did not receive enough publicity, right or wrong? Um, I am going to say wrong. Okay, so I'm going to say right. It did not, but here's my caveat to that. I really have no idea because number one, I'm not in California. Number two, I, I'm not. I I don't get. I'm not on social media. Maybe as even as much as you are when it pertains to the theme park stuff. But when I saw it, when I saw it today, that it was the 50th anniversary, I'm like, what? How has this not been invading my emails? And how has this not been blowing up all over the place? Are, are they not having massive events? Or maybe they did have massive events, and I just missed it. I mean, where? I mean, have you, so what have you seen? Has there been big things happening for fifty years of haunted mansion fun? Not that I have seen either. I haven't seen any major events. Uh, but uh, the reason that uh, we have a difference on this is truthfully how we feel about the attraction and the concept, which is oh, okay. I don't feel like it's big enough to warrant a much of a big deal for the 50th anniversary. Um, oh, come on. I mean, that's ridiculous. Even if you don't like the ride, you're telling me that you don't appreciate the historical significance of the Haunted Mansion? Well, I do, and I saw that they – put out that it was the 50th anniversary and that they had a little celebration and they, uh, uh, you know, I saw they did a few things and, but to me, I'm saying, I don't know that it needed to be some kind of uh, major, major event is what I'm saying. Um, but I am, while, while we are talking, I am trying to look a little more on this cause this was dropped on me. I didn't know uh, this was something that was an issue that we were going to talk about. Um, and it looks like they did a couple of things. They had uh, 50 years of retirement, unliving after hours events, um, Wednesday and Thursday. By the way, $300 admission for that per person. Okay. And then um, that with the 50th anniversary, they added live uh, ghosts to uh, the ride. Um, for okay, so now, so that's cool because in the history of the Haunted Mansion, one of the nights there used to be a live actor yeah. playing one of the nights, uh, but they had to stop that because people were throwing you know things at him and whatnot. So that's cool. Uh, you know, I wonder how that went. Did that really freak people out? You think the kids? I don't know. I, I, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know how they how they did it or how they put it together. But um, I saw a vid. Somebody actually videotaped the night jumping out, and it was really cool. Is that uh, right? They, yeah. they were in their doom buggy, and they were, you know, uh, videotaping it. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, if you're in California, it's a bigger deal, you know. Yeah, I, I and know. I mean, we are clearly more. I mean, I'm closer by a long shot to Disneyland than I am to Disney World. But you know, we are more Orlando centric about what we deal with and what we do. Um, and so it may be that that there was more than we realized. It's just, you know, the bottom line is it clearly does have some level of uh, of uh, historical significance. I acknowledge that. I mean, I you know, I have a much different perspective of the, the attraction itself than you do. But um, at the same time, I didn't find myself freaking out about it or thinking it was really weird when um, when you mentioned it here. So that was the reason I went that way. Yeah. Okay. Number three, Rex and the Beast will love... The Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. Right or wrong? I think that's right. I think that's right. Well, I think it's right too, but love is a strong word, you know? It is. And I mean, that's why I paused and considered it because this is one that I, I would love to try to uh, hedge on some. 
But if there's no hedging on right or wrong, and without any hedging, I have to th- I have to go with right because it does look amazing. I don't recall. I honestly do not recall the last attraction that received such unanimous praise for its attraction itself, putting aside the problems with its running time and breaking down, forgetting all that, the actual ride itself. I mean, it's 98 to two, you know, if you get, I mean, it's, it's amazing. I mean, flight of passage wasn't that good. Forbidden journey wasn't that good. Nothing was that good. And so, you know, I we both are this way a little bit when it comes to theme park stuff, but I'm even more that way, and I'm that way in life. Uh, is I, I have a tendency to be a contrarian about things, and yes. so when I hear it that much, I find myself thinking, "Oh, I don't know if I really believe it." Um, but in this case, I, I have enough faith in a lot of the people we've seen their responses. I have to think we're going to love it. Yeah, you know, there's absolutely. But here's a, here's something I haven't thought about before. When we rode Flight of Passage, we were blown away. I mean, you came out of it saying it's the best theme park ride you've ever ridden. Whether or not you still yes. believe that, I don't know. But that that's 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 how much impact it had on you. And like you said, it, they got a lot of great reviews, but not to the level that Hagrid's has received. So not even close. My my question is this. I think you'll know this better than I will. Based on our friends and the people that we follow and who we're listening to on Twitter, who we certainly respect and we, and we certainly, I think their opinions are valid. But are we dealing more in our circle with universalites who, who are going to build up something universal, maybe beyond even what they should? But not necessarily, right? Because everybody pretty much hates Fast and the Furious, so, yeah, no, uh, except, except, of course, Drew. Except for um, Drew, but, right. uh, Yeah, no, I I do think we lean toward universalites, as you put it, um, but we have plenty, plenty of, uh, of the Disney folks as well, and then plenty that I think are sort of 50-50. And again, it's just been universal, uh, no pun intended there, that, <laughs> you know, the Disney and uh, the folks that are Disney people saying it too. I mean, yes, I've seen one or two people that that had something negative to say, but almost all of them were focusing on the horribleness of the the weight or whatever. I, I mean, there's been very few reviews or re- reactions that I recall seeing any time since it opened that said, "You know what? The ride itself is really not that good." I just don't remember seeing. Yeah, I don't those. have. And I mean, I, you know, I've not watched so, a POV or anything on YouTube. Either, I've seen either. nothing. I have not. I'm refusing to do it. Yep. Yeah, me too. But when I just look at the, you know, I have seen the construction of the track yep. and everything, and I just can't help thinking, how can it be that good? Well, I mean, no, it, it, I, look, I, it looks cool. It looks cool, but how can it be that good? I mean, I have one. Like- I have one thought on this. I have one thought, and that is this: we know the amazing backlash that has happened with people sort of focusing, in my opinion, on I would I would say form over substance which is people freaking out about screens, right? Right. Um, and, you know, so Gringotts has screens. Forbidden Journey has screens. Blight of Passage is just a screen. Everything that has been built recently that is spectacular is screen-based at some level. Yeah. And I believe that there was this big pent-up demand for something spectacular that – was not screen-based 
at all. And I say at all. I mean, I think there's still a little bit, but you know, again, you're talking to people that haven't ridden it or watched POVs yet or done a lot of that on purpose. So we're talking about what we we know, but you know, don't know as much as probably people listening. Um, But I think there's something to be said for that is that people were so excited to have a real coaster, to have a real experience that wasn't screen-based. There was a group of people that no matter how good the attraction was, if it would have been screen-based, it was going to be negative to them because they just were tired of it. And so now you have this and they're like, yes, I love it because it's not, you know, practical effects that's, uh, in, a, in a huge portion of the attraction. And so we're there. And I, I think that's part of it. I really do. Yeah. But that, for me, that could go plus or minus because to, of course. I, I just want a good attraction. So I love green. It's, I don't care if it's screen or not. I mean, I do well, think see, there's been too I'm, many screens, but, yeah, but if, it's, if it's great, it's great. But if it's just mediocre, it's mediocre. I mean, just because it well, doesn't have a screen, it's not going to kick it up in my book. Well, no, but I think there's plenty of people that it does because there's people that just, again, this is what I said, that put form over substance, right? This is just like our discussion about IP versus non-IP houses, right? I'm not down on IP if they're good. You know, right. uh, and I'm not pumping up original houses unless they're good. Right. And so it, that's what matters is, uh, you know, okay, if they're exactly the same house, exactly the same house as far as enjoyment, then I would lean towards taking the original house because it's something I haven't seen before as opposed to an IP house. But if it's two ticks better, then give me the IP house because I just want the best house, right. you know. Right. And, and so, but a lot of people don't think that way on some of this. And I, I think that's where we got to on screens is, is you didn't hear people saying, oh, I don't enjoy this attraction very much, partially because I don't enjoy the screen based or this and that. They're just saying, I just don't want a screen. You know, I want a coaster. I don't want a screen. And, and so I think there were a lot of people that were willing to lean that way that, you know, it got a, it started at 40 instead of zero because it wasn't a screen based attraction. Yeah. But again, the, the overwhelming positive response, I mean, the energy at which people are giving this the major thumbs up, you have to think that it is something special. I mean, let's just say that this would have been flight of hippogriff, you know, there's no screens there, but I don't think we'd be hearing the same kind of awesome reports, exactly. you know. Exactly. Yeah. Next statement. Exactly. Obviously, uh, Universal Orlando has announced a new theme park, which Rex and the Beast are referring to as the third gate. We can get into that debate later in another podcast if you want. But here it is, the statement. Epic Universe is a good name, right or wrong? Sitting here today, my answer on that's going to be wrong. Well, shoot, I, I was hoping you were going to go right because I'm saying wrong too. Um, it's grown on me. You know, you called me five or six days ago agree. and you said Epic Universe, and I said it's the worst name I could, you know, you could have come up with me and you in five minutes could have come up with something better, but it has grown on me a little bit, don't you think? Yellow. Absolutely Correct. has. And also, as long as you drop, I mean, it's, yeah, can you hear yeah. me? You got yeah. me? Beast? Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's 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 much, much better if you drop the universal. Universal's epic universe. Because the use of universe and universal is just terrible. So that's one thing. 
And then secondly, yes, it has grown on me. And just like anything else, by the time we get around to the park opening, we will have heard it 50 million times and we'll probably be fine. Right. We'll be right. fine with it. But right now, today, I feel like you said, before we finish this podcast, I could come up with 10 better names. And I, I just, you know, and it's not, I, I also would like to say this, it's not quite as easy as that statement makes it seem because they have to clear trademark and copyright issues in the entire world for this name, whatever it is. I mean, and that is one heck of a, of an effort uh, as, as most listeners know, you know, I am a corporate M and a attorney. I, I work in this world sometimes and it is rough to just get something cleared in a state or certainly in the United States for a business trying to do something that is this huge throughout the world is just a monstrous undertaking. And that, that may be one of the reasons why we could whip out all these great names, but it turns out it's a great name because a park in the Philippines is called that, or it's a great name because, you know, it's used uh, for some kind of product uh, in the Netherlands and they don't want that. And so it's not quite as simple as just whipping out names, but still it feels like we could have done better than this. Yeah. But you know, what you said is exactly right. By the time this thing is opened, it's going to become such second nature to us. We're not even going to think about it anymore and it's going to be fine. So uh, I'm not caught up on it, but I do think when you first said it to me, I was like, no man, this is a no go. But even now a week later, I'm like, eh, okay, well, that's fine. Whatever. Nobody yeah. cares. I mean, it's so long. As, well, then this goes to our next one. So let's just, let's just read the final statement of the night here, which is Epic universe will be a great park, right or wrong. I am going to say right on that one. Oh, me too. I love that you pause so long. Yeah. So, so I mean, well, so you, here's so you were thinking, yeah, I mean, okay, I mean, yeah. Here, here's, here's the reason I did pause and think about it. And again, you use the word great. Right. Uh, it would be a great park. And the reason I am thinking about that is because since Islands of Adventure was built, you know, we have not had in the United States another park built of that magnitude, unless you, I guess, want to count California Adventure, which I guess you can, but if, but it would so I com completely support, kind of completely support my point, I think, which is we haven't really seen a Disney or Universal um, attempt this in a while uh, since Islands of Adventure and MGM Studios and California Adventure. Um, and, it's really a little bit unknown as to how that will all come together. I think the answer is what they have learned from uh, Wizarding World and from Dra uh, Diagon Alley uh, and from just the, the world of how parks have changed will end up meaning this is going to be the greatest park in Orlando. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, Magic Kingdom, just sort of what it is aside. And I mean, right now, if you ask me what is my favorite park overall to go to for me, not the family, not the whatever, for me, what is my favorite park to go to? It's Islands of Adventure. That's my favorite park. 
for all kinds of reasons we've talked about before. I think it is very likely that if this is built the way it looks like it could be built, that could change to this park for me. And that is a pretty major statement. And I, but I really do believe it, but I am still somewhat skeptical until we get a little more information until we see what's going on. Um, I mean, the idea of the hotel right next to the park is just spectacular. Um, And even though I'm not a huge Nintendo guy, and so that doesn't thrill me the way it does a lot of people. Still, I, I just I think there is the potential for this too. I think there is the potential that this is this is a major statement right here, but it's true. I think there is the potential for when that park opens. I think there is the potential for that to become the highest capacity universal park for mm. number of people that yeah. visit it. Yeah, uh, the, the the problem right now, of course, is that we don't know anything. Like what we do know is rumors and speculation. Granted, probably those are, come from a fairly solid place, but Universal has released no specifics about the park whatsoever. So we think that's a hotel at the back. You know, it sure looks like it. We think that's a classic Universal Monsters section. It looks like it, but we don't know. So I agree with you. A a motel that walks right into the park for Universal would be great. There's not one in Orlando. Um, uh, Universal's monster section would be incredible. Obviously, Nintendo uh, has been something that's been anticipated for a very long time. That would be incredible. And what they have learned, all the things concerning cues and lining and the technology and the use of our phones and social media. I mean, what is this going to do? It could be absolutely unprecedented. And I think they'll knock it out of the park. At this point, I think Universal has proved that they know what they're doing. Uh, even with Volcano Bay and the, whatever it's called, the what are the bracelets called? You know, I mean, that Tapu Tapu is tapu pretty cool. Tapu. You know, I mean, they've pulled it together. There were some problems there at the beginning, but it looks like it's going really well now. And uh, so I trust them to do with the parks what they intend to do and for it to work. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. But, you know, I was thinking about what you just said, that this is really the only park of this magnitude that's been built since Islands of Adventure. I mean, that's hard to believe because that's 20 years, right? So, wow. You know, I mean, we've got things like Legoland and things like that, right? Well, yes, there have been mine. Right. I mean, there's only a limited number of these that could be this way, right? Legolands have been built. As I said, I I think, isn't California Adventure after? Well, you know, yeah, because I looked at Animal Kingdom and that was 98. Um, uh, Yeah. California Adventure was 2001. So not much after. and. And then, of course, you know, MGM Studios, um, that was, you know, that was back before Universal opened. So, um, oh, yeah. and so Animal, yeah, I mean, that was 89. Um, and then Animal Kingdom, yeah, so Animal Kingdom's the next cluster. So, yeah, that, I mean, that's right. And, and And there's a reason for that, right? One of the reasons is it's the same reason you haven't seen anybody else try to build uh, the equivalent of a Disney uh, Walt Disney World is because it's going to cost $4 billion now, right? And so a new park is billions of dollars. I say $4 billion. I mean, that's ridiculous. Building, you know, the Disney thing would be much, much more than that. But the 
but that's we just have the beauty of Universal being as flush with cash as they could possibly be coming off of the Harry Potter and the Diagon Alley spectacular, you know, money making. Uh, and they basically have hit a home run with everything they've done over the last mm-hmm. 10 years. Um, you know, opening up the new hotels, the, the occupancy rate on all those hotels is up where it ought to be. They're making the money off of that, making the money off the parks. I mean, so the theme park for Comcast, the theme park money uh, is just, it's just through the roof. And so therefore now's the time, right? They could, they could have never done this 10 years ago. They would have never uh, had the money. I mean, the fact that they took the, the effort, the guests to, to get, you know, JK Rowling and get um, Harry Potter was amazing, but that is still in effect one and a half trans, you know, uh, rides and attractions and then a spectacular castle. Um, that's basically it, you know? I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous, but I mean, the rest of it was not that big a deal. I mean, they, it looks amazing, but it's not like a huge, huge, huge capital investment to build the buildings and uh, that sort of thing. And so you're talking about that's just one little minor piece of yeah. this new park. Yeah. I, you know, I, Time will tell, but I, it's just such an exciting time, and it has been for a long time to be a theme park fan, and uh, this is going to truly be a crazy three years. I put on Twitter, like, can you imagine all of the photos and the updates and the news and everybody checking it out and seeing what's going on? It's just going to be insane. If we thought there was a lot of theme park bloggers already, the number is probably getting ready to triple, and that's the last thing we need, really. <laughs> Okay, so um, one last thing. This is just off the top of my head. We have to, to kind of tap into the culture segment. Not too long ago, we did a whole podcast on Top Gun and some of the issues with Top Gun that we love so much. And of course, since there has been the teaser trailer come out for Top Gun Maverick, the sequel that's going to come out in 2020, I guess. And uh, so you've seen the trailer. I've seen the trailer. So here we go. Right or wrong, the Top Gun sequel will be a good movie. <laughs> so I'll tell you what you've answered first all the time. I, I have I, I have to go wrong. Yeah, yeah I have let, to go wrong. I, I, it's just there's just too many there's too many possibilities for this to go right in the lumberyard. And unfortunately, even though I love Tom Cruise, I still think it'll be fun to watch him in some scenes. But we're just going to be comparing it back to Top Gun. The rest of the movie is not going to be able to to ultimately compare to the epicness of Iceman and Slider and Maverick and Goose. Uh, we're just going to walk away saying, man, that it was neat to reminisce, but as a movie on its own, no, just didn't do it. That's my hunch. What do you think? I think, I think it's right. And I think it's exactly the opposite of what you just said. I think we're going to come out of it saying, you know, it's not really so much that it's a sequel to Top Gun. It's more like just sort of a reimagining kind of thing. It just so happens to have Maverick in it. Um, But on its own, it's still one totally awesome action movie. That's what I think. Hmm. 
We must not have watched the same teaser trailer then, because like ninety percent of it was remade scenes from the original. Yeah, like, which right? is the, which is I mean, it's like which is what I just said is not a sequel, but like a reimagining of that. You know, because I mean, a sequel wouldn't just you know just repeat the same stuff from the original. The sequel would do you know things to try to expand and move on. I don't think that's what we're going to have. I think what we're going to have is a feeling that we're seeing basically a similar movie just with a different different structure. Exactly. That's my point. We're going to be we're going to be saying, "Well, it's kind of like 1985's Top Gun except not as good." Yeah. So who wants to watch this? Okay. Well, we just That's have a little different point, view you know? on on how it might come down. So, I mean, let's face it. If we're saying is it going to be better than Top Gun? I mean, it's the answer is Nah. I mean, there's no, no, I mean, there's no chance. I mean, that's like saying, you know, that that Footloose remake was going to be better than Kevin Bacon's Footloose. I mean, there was no chance. There's no possible way. It's just, can it be a good movie on its own? I think the answer is on this one. Here's the thing. I got so much faith in Tom Cruise. You know, the guy is just, there's, there's not a harder working actor out there. The guy brings everything he's got to everything. And I just think he will pull it off. I really do. Yeah, I, I hope so. And that's, that is, you know, the only, in my opinion, potentially redeeming value of this thing because Tom Cruise is a monster. He's just so great. So we will see. One thing's for sure, Rex the Beast will be there. And will we, you know, is it, two going to be out while we're in oh man that's right we have a little schedule that we're working on and we forgot to put that in there it comes out it comes out the weekend before we get there so put that baby on there somewhere uh so we got to get that in the itinerary for sure yeah but and here's the other thing we've got to figure out when in the day is the best time to try to ride hagrid's you know uh, do we have to get our butt there early? Are they opening it early by then? Are they still not opening it early a lot? Or, you know, we got to figure that out because that's the one thing that, you know, could be, could require some effort at Universal if they're, you know, not doing the, not doing the Express and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, if we stick with the original plan of picking us up at the airport and then getting straight to Iowa, we're going to have to see what the timing is on Hagrid's when we get there. Yeah, well, that's for sure. Because I'm not sure what, uh, you know, yeah, it's going to be crazy. But anyway, it's also going to be fun, just like this podcast was. This was fun, wasn't it? Absolutely. We, uh, we're we happy to be back at it, and uh, hopefully we're going to going to stay at this every uh, every few days to a week at worst here between now and uh, our HHN trip and kind of keep everybody updated. And, and again, just to remind uh, everyone one more time, I tweeted about this some time ago, we, we – found an amazing piece of uh of history uh in rex and the beast archives oh that uh, is going is going to be available in the not too distant future and uh I, this is going to be exciting for everybody i mean there's people there's people that when they are not going to even understand they're not going to know that there's people that were not in the theme parks not old enough to be at a theme parks with the when this this information was around it's going to be fun. It's going to be so, so much fun. It, we just can't even wait to uh, reveal this to you. So be looking for that, if you know what I mean. All right, man. Well, I guess that's that. So until next time, have you know, be sure and subscribe to the podcast. Check out the website, rexandthebeast.com, and uh, catch us next time. Until then, this is The Beast saying, be strong and courageous. Rexandthebeast.com. Join the journey. Yeah.